Welcome to the Unqualified Huddle with Sham, myself, Simon, and Shan. Here we are, week two. It's in the books. It's uh, it's been a great week of football. Still a bit more to go with the the Packers playing the Lions tonight, but I've fully fully enjoyed this week. Uh, what about you two? How how do you think your your weeks have gone? Did you enjoy what was up and offering last night? With me, I first a Jags fan. It just feels like deja vu every week when I'm watching my team lose and get stuffed. It's painful, but I reckon it was for a lot of fans where it was back to reality. Again, Jets, another crushing loss. Back to reality. Patriots, back to winning ways. Back to reality for their fans again. Um, I just I just loved all the competitive games. We had so many last-minute winners in the you know Cardinals-Vikings uh, game. Chargers Cowboys and Seattle Seahawks versus Tennessee Titans going into overtime as well. Oh, I was pumped. And let, well, let's talk uh, about that Seahawks Titans game, shall we? Because uh, for me, that was one of the games of the week. It it was it's very exciting for pretty much all the wrong reasons. This Titans offense did not look good most of the way through the game, and then came alive in like the last quarter and overtime. Uh, and even then, they weren't. When I say came alive, they they got points on the board. They didn't look like, you know, at the start of the season, everyone was talking about, oh, this Titans offensive, added Julio Jones, it's going to be explosive. It's going to be like an incredible mix, adding Julio Jones to that, AJ Brown, King Henry in the backfield, Tannehill quarterback. That, you know, it was meant to be exciting. It's meant to be explosive. We Two weeks in, I've not seen any of that. What about yourselves? Well, to be honest, I, I, I think Tennessee getting a win against... And any NFC West uh, opponent, that's obviously a win, literally, but also figuratively as well. Um, com- compared to what happened last week, I think this was a get-right game for them. Even though you want to see more from Julio Jones, who had a touchdown uh, taken off, uh, Tannehill, you want to see a bit more. But really, this is what the Tennessee offense is all about. Late in games, you can run Henry down the throats of, of teams, and, and they usually, more often than not, don't have an answer for that. Julio Jones still had a very good game. He had over 100 yards receiving. He had 128 yards receiving from and six catches. But I think the Tennessee Titans realised, once again, they actually have Derrick Henry in the backfield. Feed the guy. Um, they were getting away from that, I felt, in week one. They, they weren't playing to their identity. Derrick Henry, 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns. It's who the Tennessee Titans were built to be. Even though Ryan Tannehill attempted 40 passes, completed 27, didn't throw a touchdown or a pick, and threw for over, well, three, he threw for nearly 350 yards. But the Tennessee Titans went back to what they are. They went to running the ball straight at the Seahawks. You knew it was going to be Derrick Henry running at you, and they let him do the heavy lifting on that offense. And that's what they need to be. But I also think it also shows what the Tennessee Titans really are as well. Week one probably wasn't going to be how they're going to play for the rest of the year. This week, I think, is a blueprint for the Titans for the remainder of the year. They've got a cakewalk of a division, you would assume, in the AFC South right now. This should ha- hopefully allow them to build up off the back of it. Do, do you think the division's a cakewalk for them at this point, though? Because, um, honestly, uh, you know, the Colts are the Colts. They've, they've not looked good over to the first two games, but they've played some tough opponents, the Seahawks and the, the Rams. This Texans team looks like it could be a bit frisky um throughout the season i know injury bugs like caught them out tyra taylor's now out with an injury 
Um, but do, do you really think it's just going to be as easy as that for the Titans now? Or do you think they might have a bit of a challenge with either the Colts or the, the Texans? I, 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 I'm, I'm with you, Simon. I, I don't think this is a cakewalk. Uh, they, they're, they're still the favourites, I would say. But, you know, the Colts ha- have had tough luck in terms of the schedule. Uh, they played a pretty close game with the LA Rams. And the uh, Texans, you feel like with Terod Taylor going down this week, we'll see. We'll wait to see how serious it is. Uh, but he looks to be out Thursday night by by the looks of things. Uh, you you feel like he needs to be healthy for this Texans team uh, to to win a few games, even though they have looked good overall as a unit compared to what people were expecting. For me, if if I look at the Colts, they have to play perfect to win some of these tough games. Same with the, especially with the Houston Texans, they have to be really perfect to win these games. I felt like Tennessee started off really poorly. Defensively, they let Lockett run wild over them. And then yet they came back from a big, big deficit. I feel that's why they're going to be so much... um, Well, it's why I believe they're so much better than everyone else in that division. When they started off so slowly, they they were down uh, at one point, just in the second quarter alone, sorry, I should say. They lost 21-6 in that quarter battle. Coming back from that shows you what type of team they are. I don't think any of the other three teams in the AFC South can do what the Titans did well, against well, the great yeah. Seahawks. Well, a, a counterpoint to that is, yes, uh, it, I completely agree with your point. But isn't this a textbook Seattle Seahawks team, which at mm. times, it, as great as it is, they don't finish teams off? And Russ is cooking, but I feel like Pete Carroll's tendency when they're winning these games, they take their foot off the gas and allow teams to stay in. And it's exactly what happened, and they and they paid the price. Yeah, that's good. Like, my, my next thing is going to be like, how, does this change your confidence in the Seahawks going forward? Because like, we, we all sort of agreed that the Seahawks team is going to be one to watch, it's definitely going to make the playoffs and uh, was potentially in there for the like battling for the championship game does this sort of change your opinion of that do you, do you think that it's not the case anymore well didn't we all have them coming third in the video division i think they just lack that blue chip star powers uh players especially defensively uh bobby wagner's a guy but who else are you pointing to to be a game changer same with I mean, their offense i trust the unit though uh, regardless of the talent, this coaching staff, well, Pete Carroll in particular has been there. And, and while they struggle to finish teams off, I trust that they'll be competitive. I think I had them second in the division. But yeah, th- this has definitely given me uh, pause. They could definitely do with someone like JD McKissick back there, though. Yeah, they they definitely look like. I mean, Chris Carson looks alright as a running back, but they could do with that um that third down back that they can get the ball out to, which it, it seems like they're lacking. So what um what else did you did you see from this weekend, Shamal? What about a game for you that you thought was uh was like something to talk about? For me, I think one thing that really interested me was the approaches teams were taking with their rookie quarterbacks. So I thought this New England Patriots New York Jets matchup was one that every head coach should be looking at who's got a young quarterback. Just a difference in approach that New England had with Mac Jones. It was very much keep it easy for Mac Jones, get it out of his hands really quickly. There's a lot of passes below five yards or and 10 yards. And then you look at, conversely, you look at the Jets with Zach Wilson with a shoddy O-line. And they were just trying to go the intermediate to deep route all the time. It was too much hero ball. And I feel that's 
fundamentally what's causing issues for Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville. You got the first two overall picks taking the tougher throws when there's easy plays to be had. And I think that's a lot to be said about Bill Belichick's approach, training up his young quarterbacks. You've seen it with Garoppolo. It was similarly with Brady in terms of everything in the, their scheme is to make it the well, ball come out quickly from the quarterback's hands. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is that not like to do with the scheme of the of the Patriots anyway? Isn't that sort of their DNA is that they, they manage games? They don't really blame And quality out. of the teams as well. Yeah, that that too. But they sort of managed. It's like you said, uh, um, Matt Jones. He, he he wasn't throwing the ball downfield a lot. He was just taking his easy dump offs, easy completions. There was a few times where he did have p- people open down um, on like his play action passes and stuff. He could have thrown the ball and, and made like a completion to the end zone, but instead he, he chose to dump it off to Johnny Smith for a, a eight yard gain. I I don't I don't know if it's to do with the approach that, that Belichick's taking with him or. Or if it's just the playbook in general, if that's just sort of how... Because it always feels to me that that's the Patriots' way, is that they yeah. take the easy completions rather than it be, that's how we're going to approach with our quarterback. I don't think it matters who they put in there. They they tend to go with more of a um, conservative approach. Let's not dismiss as well that the New England Patriots were drafting 15 or so. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the uh, New York Jets were drafting in the top two picks for a reason. Yeah. And this Patriots team... You, and not to mention the free agent acquisitions that they've had this offseason. They're a much more talented roster, more complete team. And when when you've got that, you, you've got the luxury to run the ball with Damon Harris. It takes some easy completions who, to whoever. Uh, you've got James White. I, I, I don't know the exact stat, but I, I know he had, he had several catches on the day. Uh, and I think that that's the luxury of this New England team with this coaching staff. But I, but I also think that's the smartness of Belichick and New England's approach, that for a rookie to come in, they need them to have high IQ, make the quick read, understand what's happening before the snap. And that's where it's telling when you see Matt Jones, and that's why they coveted him. But it's also interesting to hear Robert Sala at the end of the game saying, quote, it's OK to be boring. That, to me, tells you exactly what he's thinking when he's watching Matt Jones taking the good, quick plays, easy options, not throwing picks, not getting his team in trouble. And then you're seeing the Jets and the Jags exploding for themselves. And it'll it be, won't do their, themselves any good going forward, that sort well, of confidence. Well, it'll be interesting to see how both teams go going forward. Obviously, Patriots are potentially uh, playoff contenders, uh, whereas the Jets are just looking to get like five or six wins this year. Shan, what about a game that you're, you piqued your interest uh, for me, surprisingly, considering this in the NFC East, but it was on Thursday night, uh, the New York Giants, Washington football team. It, it was You expected with, with how Daniel Jones was playing, Sterling Shepard was playing, that, that this team was actually going to win, which I think would have gone, gone, gone against the grain compared to what most people thought. Um, but I, I liked what I saw of both teams. Uh, obviously, you still have running game concerns, offensive line concerns with the Giants. But this was, an, and this was the first time I've said this ever, I was impressed with Daniel Jones. He still has a tendency, you know, to hold the ball on too long, take sacks when he doesn't need to. But this was the first time in a while that I've seen him look at least at least a bit of the part. Because they certainly did have a good game on, on Thursday night. He, uh, he was hitting his heave as well. And he, he runs the ball well as well. He's uh, he's actually like an underrated athlete. 
um, when he gets given an opportunity, he can run and go. And I just wanted to to make a point on the Washington team as well. This team doesn't seem like it's taken that much of a step back with Tyler, Taylor Heineke. Uh, and, and I was a Fitzpatrick believer, but I think if they can, you know, play good football, which, to be honest, their, their defence did let them down at times. But if they can keep it simple for Heineke, uh, you, you've got Terry McLaurin there. Logan Thomas has really taken a step. You think about when he was drafted with the Arizona Cardinals as a quarterback and he's turned into a really good player in his own right at tight end. Uh, I, I think Taylor Heineke is more than serviceable for them. I like the decisions Taylor Heineke was making in that game, especially when he was finding Terry McLaurin. He wasn't he was taking care of the ball for the most part. Obviously, yeah, he had one takeaway, but he was completing uh, easy throws, quick throws, always on the money. Didn't look out of um, his depth on the national stage. And what's interesting, Washington, even though they had, didn't have a great game defensively, they still managed to sneak a win in from because of their offense for once. Last year, you've seen their defense carry this team so often. And Chase Young as a rookie was so good last year. This year has started off slowly. But it helps when you've got Montez Sweat right next to you, Allen right next to you, and that first round of defensive linemen that they've just got all over the field. Um, it's not all on Chase Young. Um, and it was great to see Washington play con- complementary football. If, if their defense was struggling, their offense stepped it up. And the, the partnership of J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson is a great one. J.D. McKissick with that long receiving play was critical for that win but Terry McLaurin what a stud 11 catches 107 yards a touchdown he was uncoverable in that whole game they found him time and time and time again other than when Heineke went for that play and he got picked yeah I you know I the Washington they didn't really drop off like you said they the Heineke looks good considering where he was um you know, literally a year ago to where he is now. It's it's amazing. Like back in January, he was studying for his university finals uh, and then got told he was going to be playing in the playoffs against Tom Brady and had to postpone them, which is just like, it's a ridiculous story to have. Um, one team that I just wanted to bring up quickly was this Texans team who they, they played the Browns on, um, on yesterday. They lost to them, unfortunately. I think... Um, partly to do with uh, Tyra Taylor's actual injury. But they they looked really good. Uh, they looked like they were taking it to the Browns and looked like if Taylor was, would have remained in the game, they looked like they could have beat the Browns. Um, this Texans team has really surprised me this year because we, we came into the season and, again, everyone thought they were a dumpster fire. Obviously, they've got the whole thing going on with what what's going on with Deshaun Watson, not helping matters. But they've been getting rid of like some of their players, trying to consolidate draft picks. Um, and they've just been signing uh, like Asian veterans off the street to try and fill their roster. But they actually look really, they look like a competitive team, um, which has really shocked me this year. Is Brandon Cooks the best receiver that n- none of his teams actually seem to like? Uh, the, the man's been on so many teams and he's performed everywhere he's been. He's a good player. We touched on it um, last week when they beat the Jags. I, I thought they were superbly coached. They weren't making too many errors. Like you said, they picked up so many players in free agency who are veteran experienced players. They've got Brandon Cooks, they've got Andre Roberts, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram. They've they got Danny Amendola in too. 
Now, these are some veteran, veteran, veteran players that you won't think, okay, they've not got the juice. But what they do have is a smarts. Even Christian Kirksey on defense, he's a vet. Vernon Hargreaves, they've just brought in players who know what the league is about. They didn't go try and go the rookie route. So I've got a feeling they'll always be in the race in games. They're not going to be completely outmatched or look off the pace because they just know they have a roster full of players who've played in this league for a few years now. What What's concerning for me now, though, is if Tyra Taylor is actually out for a few games, um, who is their backup? Wheels? It's David Mills. They selected Mills, him in, uh, in the third round this past draft, coming out so of Stanford. When he and, when he came in the game uh, yesterday, he did not look good. Um, he he was not on the same level as what Tyra Taylor is, and I think that's why it's so imperative in the NFL nowadays to have like a capable backup. Um, and this is where now Texans are gonna they're gonna fall a bit flat. I know this was to do with uh, the Deshaun Watson thing with why they picked him. Um, but like this is just another example of why it's really important. Why you want to you want to go out and get a backup that can play, like um, Jake Brisket in um, Miami. <laughs> he, you know, say what you want about him, but he's a solid backup. He can come in and, and execute a game plan sort of thing. Whereas for, it's not the same here. Sorry, Sham. Yeah, for those of you wondering, Jake Brisket, it's Jacoby Brissett. You're on about here. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> some respect it, on his name. <laughs> But like you were saying, it's that depth. But you can't blame where the Texans are now with their depth situation. They, I mean, once you have Deshaun Watson in your roster, who's kind of in that grey zone, the best they could have had is a, a strong backup in Tyrod Taylor. And then you're going to have a rookie. Now, David Mills, to be fair to him, he wouldn't have had a lot of, if any, reps midweek leading up to that game. Let's see what he can do on Thursday. Tyrod Taylor's got a hamstring. So I'm thinking he could be back the week after with this extended week. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, obviously, there's there's a lot of games that we haven't touched on. Unfortunately, we, we just don't have the time to do that now. It was, like I said, another great week of football. What we will talk about, though, very quickly, is our qualified players of the week. Um, oh, we, we... we can't have a segment without that. We can't have a podcast without that. So who we, who we thought went above and beyond for their team? Who are our best players of the week? So we'll start off with uh, Shan. Give us your qualified player of the week. Uh, so we touched on him briefly, but for me, Terry McLaurin. I think he he's his he already broke out last year, but I think he's showing that regardless of who's a quarterback, he's had so many in his short career already. He's taken a, a you know in leap into. I would say easily the top 10 right now, but he, he's making a push to be an elite receiver. Uh, so I, I thought he helped uh, carry that game. He had, what was it, 10 catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Sorry, 11 catches. Uh, and I just love what I what I see from him week in, week out. His route running, his consistency, uh, for me, is Terry McLaurin. He, he is becoming one of the better wide receivers in the league, like you said. He is getting up there. And, and like you said, one of the things that I'm very impressed with him by, uh, I know you want to support your teammates and stuff, but when Taylor Heineke came into the game, he he's there trying to uplift him. He's showing himself to be an actual leader alongside being a good player. He's showing his leadership skills as well and even came out at the end of the game and said that he's he's really excited to play with Heineke and see what they can do going forward. That's That really impresses me. It always stands out to me when a wide receiver is voted team captain. When you usually expect 
offensive lineman, quarterback. This guy's in his second year or third year now, and is the team captain. It's pretty impressive when you, you have someone that young showing that leadership as well as that presence on the field to lift a backup quarterback. And and that was similar to the point that I was going to make. He is a captain of this team. But you saw some of this leadership come out when you know Dwayne Haskins was benched last year. He came out in the in the locker room, made a speech and and really rallied the troops around him. And he wasn't really known for that earlier in his career, but he really stepped up when when his team needed him. Okay. My qualified player of the week. I'm going to have to say it's Derek Henry. That comeback from behind would not have happened without King Henry bursting out for over 180 yards. He was that team. To break down the Seahawks like that, it was a statement win in week two. They needed it. Else they would, that 0-2 record would not have looked good, especially with how they lost in week one and how they started off in this week. So for me, it's got to be Derek Henry. I mean, the Titans do need to try and get Henry running a bit more. I think that's quite imperative for their game plan. I think it helps them, like you said, in the fourth quarter, when when defences are getting a bit battered by him, they, they get a bit sluggish, they can't keep up with them, and that's when they really do explode. But, I mean, you've got to also look at this um, Titans offensive line and say they did a good job on Sunday, uh, mainly because the starting left tackle, Taylor Luan, um, who got embarrassed by Chandler Jones a week prior, um, re-aggravated his knee injury that he suffered from last year before the game even started. So he he didn't play the, like for any part of the game. And during the game as well, their left guard, Saffold, uh, aggravated a shoulder injury, mm. came off the pitch, went back on the pitch, and then had to come off the pitch again. So they're playing, they played with... Um, backups essentially uh, at left tackle and left guard and for Henry to still have that monster game uh props to them like I take nothing away from Henry he he started running well at the end of the game that's that 60 yard touchdown run that he had was an impressive feat um it's just but you've got to also give some props to the the boys at front who are paving the way for him yeah, there's um, not many running backs, so you can say 35 carries, that's for sure, against a Seahawks team. Well, that's my other concern with this. is uh, Are they going to wear him down eventually? Um, well, he... I, I've done doubting him. He's, he's had, what, uh, two years now with so many touches. Is wearing. You'd think he would wear uh, you know, a mere mortal down, but th- this guy just <laughs> keeps going week in, week out. I, I've done doubting him, to be honest. I think what helps though is he is about twenty pounds heavier than the next heaviest running back, um, which sort of helps his situation. He's like a two hundred and forty pound back or two hundred and fifty pound back or something like that, uh, and normally a running back's around the two twenty mark. So I mean that that sort of helps as well because it will mean that he's battering the linebackers as much as they're battering him. Um, for me. My qualified player of the week going to go to uh, the guy who got two pick sixes for his team and a taunting flag, which was ridiculous, <laughs> uh, Mike Edwards uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The The Buccaneers defence just absolutely swarmed Matt Ryan uh, yesterday. They they sort of embarrassed the um, the Buc- uh, the Falcons. But when you when you get two pick sixes in a game, you deserve some love. So that's why my guys, Mike Edwards, this week. Yeah, like uh, obviously Tom Brady goes. It goes without saying he threw five touchdowns. But when when the Falcons thought about coming into that game to deliver two pick sixes when he needed it, that 
can't argue with that. I thought that game was going to be a nail biter when when Tampa uh, started choking, I guess, and Atlanta started fighting back, and it was one possession game again. Edwards changed changed the script once again, and he he kind of gave that spark that Tampa Bay needed at the time. Completely changed it. This is what you're going to get though with some of these older veteran QBs who can't move. Matt Ryan just static in the pocket, batted passes, picks, ricochets. It doesn't help, but that's a crushing loss for the Falcons. So the, the last thing to, that we'll talk about today, just very briefly before we uh, finish the podcast, uh, is our, our picks of the week um, and how we did. Um, obviously, the, the first week, Shannon uh, ran away with it. Shan ran away with it, uh, getting 11 right compared to mine and Shan's seven. But this week, it was, it's a bit more even. Shan got nine. I got nine. Sham, you're lagging behind with eight. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Superior football knowledge right here, guys. Just just on a podcast. The the picks that stood out for me though, we all uh made a pick which the others went against. So uh I picked the Bears to win against the Bengals, uh, whereas you two picked the Bengals. Shan picked the Panthers to to beat the Saints, but I'm not gonna talk anymore about that. <laughs> and um Sham picked the Ravens to beat the Chiefs, which Surprisingly, I, that's, all that's, of the, that's the one that shocked me the most. Yeah, sorry, that's the one that I'm I'm here like, wow, I can't believe that actually came true. <laughs> Watching uh, parts of the game, I was even shocked. <laughs> well, when Lamar Jackson throws two picks uh, in the mm-hmm. first quarter, it's it's always makes you um get a bit worried. But yeah, you know, we'll keep on track of that for the rest of the year. Um, currently, Shan is running away with picks though, uh, with twenty to mine sixteen and Shan's fifteen. But we will we'll see how that goes. Thanks very much for listening to us. Sham, take it away. So thank you for listening to the Unqualified Huddle. We're now available on all good podcast streaming services, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to interact with us, get in touch and follow us on Twitter at T-U-H underscore podcast. And we're also available for you to email on the Unqualified Huddle at Outlook.com. Peace. Peace. Ciao.